Hey guys, welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers and this is Pedo. And also Roy Stubblefield. So we have our third guest in a row, I think. Is that right, Pat? Maybe this is the fourth guest in a row, technically. I don't even know anymore. We've had so many guests lately. <laughs> I'm uh it's thrown me through a loop. Uh Pat, how was your uh how was your weekend? Uneventful. Oh, you didn't do anything this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. not. Nothing of note, nothing worth mentioning. You know, I really didn't either. I've, I've really had a lot of those a lot of those weekends lately. I just haven't been. Um, I, I just I don't know. I've been doing it. I mean, for the most part, it's been winter. But like now it's like starting to not be winter anymore. And I'm still not doing it. I'm, I guess I'm still stuck in this not doing anything. Right. Uh, hopefully, um, hopefully that changes soon. Boy, how was your weekend? Oh, my God. My weekend was great. I did. um Twice as much as Pat did. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so you did. You did double the nothing. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes you get greedy. You got to get a double scoop. <laughs> That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> That's totally fine. Well, um, you know, lately a lot of people have been talking about, and Roy, I'm sure you know a little bit about this. Um, and we'll get into that, but a lot of people have been talking about this land between the lakes situation um pat we've talked about this on the show right you, you got a decent understanding of the werewolf attack in kentucky yeah my I, I was introduced to it last episode and i did a i did a little bit of research just uh while you two were discussing it but yeah that was that was my introduction to it so yeah it's been it, you know it's just kind of been this big thing going on especially because they've had this like we've talked about before you know we've had this eyewitness um come forward claiming that you know he was there during the i, I guess i called it a werewolf attack it's a dog man attack um, but you know, he says he was there for it and <clears throat> all kinds of drama has ensued. It's uh, all hell is broken loose with this guy and, uh, people don't really know. P- people are still kind of up in the air, whether or not they believe him. I'm still having a hard time processing whether or not anything even happened at LBO. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of been the center of, of my research lately and hopefully here soon, um, Ann and I will be going to investigate that area, um, because we've definitely found some really strange stuff over there. I mean, it, it's, it's you know, the prime place for strange things to happen anyway. So is there a dog man there? I, you know, I mean, well, you know, we're going to go see. So if we don't come back, then the answer is probably yes. <laughs> so, well, um, I actually have spoken with a gentleman on several occasions. Okay. Um, and he claims that uh, he lives in Crow's proximity to that location mm-hmm. and he told me that it was a either a gugwe okay on a blood hunt or it was in fact a dog man that had targeted that family for some reason i can't remember the exact details i, I can get them for you uh but for some reason, he targeted that family uh-huh. due to something, an aggressive move that the father made in the creature's opinion, but it was actually a defense mode for, to protect his family. Okay, I could, I could see it. Well, and I've also heard the theory that maybe the father that was that was murdered was wearing too much cologne or something like that, and that's you know, maybe that might have set it off. I guess they don't, dog, dog men don't like cologne or strong scents, I would assume. Um, so that, but that is interesting. And now is this person that you're, you're talking about, are they, um, 
were they directly involved or just they've grown up in the area with the stories? He claims that he raised a dog man pup. Oh, I know exactly. Adulthood. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Um, he's, he does have some really incredible knowledge about uh, cryptids, if you want to believe what he tells you. And I'm not saying that I don't believe him. Mm-hmm. But based upon some of the stuff he told me and listening to some other uh, podcasts, they kind of verified some of the things that he said. So while I once again can't say 100% that his information is correct, I haven't found enough information to doubt him 100%. That's, you know, that I think that's fair. I, I have my own theories about this individual. Um, I, I think that he, um, I, I think that, most of his accounts and the things that he described, I think he actually experienced an extreme trauma. And I think that instead of accepting the reality of what may have happened, um, he's kind of turned it into this, this fantastical story. And it's his way of kind of grieving and being able to talk about said trauma. Now, whether or not he's like seen something or had experiences with cryptids in the past, I mean, I think that's up for debate. Obviously, he knows about them. I've, I've, I've seen him talk about things and he does seem to to know some things um but i don't think he actually raised the dog man but that you know that's just me <laughs> we all we all have our opinions well, he people. invited me down right he invited me and another person down and he's supposed to take us to see the grave site i asked him right off are there still things roaming around on that property or in those woods he said yes i said no thank you yeah I'll you won't go the pictures that you send me of the grave site <laughs> Yeah, no, I, know, I know you won't go down there. Well, you know, if the offer's still there, I'll go. I'm only about two hours away from that area, so I would I would happily go if he's willing to show it off. That's for sure. So you tell him my name. Okay, I'll I'll put you in touch with him. I'll put you in touch, with <laughs> and then I'll let you guys know if I if I happen upon this uh yeah if I get upon this dog man gravesite. But but Roy, there's a reason why you won't go, and I don't think the people that are listening uh, uh, yes. know why you won't. I know why you won't. But after what I saw. Yeah, it not absolutely no, not. Absolutely not. I my my grandmother told me a long time ago, if you find yourself in a situation where you can lose your life and you get out of it, don't be a damn fool and go back. Yeah. Well, why don't you uh cuz again this is um like I said I know it. I'm 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 a cheater. Um I know the story, but Pat doesn't know it. So how exciting. And I don't know all the details. I I wanted to leave some things out. So, um why don't you go ahead and, and tell us, Roy, uh, you know, explain kind of who you are and, and how this all started for you. Well, I just turned 57 last month. Thank God. Um, I'm not a superhero. I'm not a hero. I'm just an average guy trying to get by. I don't put any badges or tags attached to me or what I did that night. I, I just thought I was doing what I was supposed to do and hopefully what someone would have done for me had they found they found me in that predicament. And now, even all these years later, my first instinct is what I really believe I should have stuck with, and that was to simply run and let them fend for themselves. But my father, being the great man that I always thought he was, taught me better than that and told me, if you find, if you can help somebody, help them. Don't expect to get any reward for that. 
in the long term or the short term. Just walk away from it knowing that somebody in need that day and let that be your reward. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dad, thank you for the advice. I'll, I'll follow it. If I can help you, I'll help you. If I can't, maybe I can help you get some help. But I, I thought that it was a dog. I just, you know, a big breed of dog, but just a dog that was here at a mall somebody and based upon what I had been told, that's what my reaction was. Boy, was I wrong. Okay. Well, t- t- take us back there, Boy. What, uh, what happened? Okay. Um, I got to go back a little bit before sure. the incident itself just to, to kind of fill you in the lead up to what brought me to that incident and or encounter, if you will. Um, I had been living with my cousin and his mother and another cousin. Um, being 16 and I wouldn't say I was hard-headed or really, but when you're a teenager, you get to a point in your life where you don't feel like you should have to listen to an adult because you know everything. Now, of course, that wasn't the case, but as a teenager at that time, that's what I thought. So I ended up living with my cousin and his mother. Now, let me stop right there and say this. The reason I say his mother because at her age at the time, she refused to respond to you when you called her aunt. She said it made her feel old. So I called her by her first name as she told me to. No problems happened after that. But um, when I turned 18, graduated from high school, um, she came home from work one day and said, we need to have a family meeting. First thing I'm thinking is, uh-oh, who didn't do their chores? Mm-hmm. Well, wow. Who's the reason we're going to get yelled at? But that wasn't the case. She actually was informing us that she was about to move to New Orleans the following month and that she was going to leave us the house. Every teenager's dream. You got a house, no adults. That's a dream. Sure, sure. The only thing she told us to do was not destroy. She told us to not destroy the house and make sure we took care of the utility bill. Mm-hmm. I had a part-time job at the time. My, my cousin had one and my other cousin, well, he got his money however he could, but we had the conversation. Of course, we were sitting looking like this is a joke, this is a joke, but it wasn't. She was telling us the truth. Well, shortly after we got done having this conversation, she went in the kitchen and she called me in the kitchen. And I went in there. I'm like, okay, let me see what's going on now. She said, well, I'm, can you help me drive down to New Orleans? And uh, the following Friday, I'll put you on a, a Greyhound bus to send you back to Nebraska. Okay, fine. Now, also at this time, I was going through a breakup of my first serious relationship. Mm-hmm. It kind of bothered me, but you know, I was more resilient when it comes to stuff like that. So I figured the change of scenery would do me good. Let me get away and see, go somewhere I've never been before, see some new sights and sounds, and you know, just try to put her out of my mind or at least in the back of my mind for a while. So I told her, sure, I'll do it. So that Saturday, the uh, following month, on a Saturday, we loaded up the U-Haul. We headed to New Orleans. Took us a couple of days to get there, I believe. And we got there, tired of the long drive. We left every, took everything, we left everything in the U-Haul, but took the beds up and the sofa. Lay down to go to sleep and unloaded the U-Haul the following day. Um, I asked her, you know, what, what made you want to come down here to, 
Louisiana, you know, small talk like that. And of course, she had a job waiting on her stuff. And she's like, well, I'm going to give you a tour of the city just so you'll be able to get the experience of being in Louisiana. I'm like, OK, I appreciate it. She took me to a couple of nice restaurants. Uh, the food there is great. I mean, great. And I'm like, man, this is this is a whole lot different than little bitty Omaha, Nebraska. I might have to give this a, a little bit longer look. Once she took me down in the French quarters and I seen people walking around drinking alcohol in public, you got all these bars, comedy clubs. I'm like, I'm not going back to Omaha. This is going to be my new home. This is where I want to be. So I talked to her about it. She's like, well, I thought you was going to go to college. I'm like, I am going to go to college. She's like, so you'll be okay going to college here? Yes. She said, well, you're going to have to get a job too. So how are you going to balance that? I'm like, I'll be able to do both. And once I set my mind to where I want to be, I'll be able to do both. That's not a problem. I went out and got a job within seven days at this place, this clothing store called Chess King. And some people may remember Chess King. If that was the place, if you wanted to be a, wear the latest fashion without spending a whole lot of money, you go to Chess King. Whether you want to get look like Michael Jackson in the Thriller video or Flock of Seagulls or... Um, <laughs> Did you guys have uh, Chess King Rand, in, whatever in Chicago? Whatever was the popular style. You, <laughs> Uh, no, not that I know of. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't around during the 80s well, to know. So. Actually, we had a, a small one. Uh, well, we had a small one that came uh, to Omaha years later. Yeah, ju just I, for reference, was, what year is this about? I was amazed that that happened. 1981. Okay, cool. 1981. Um, I got that job, got trained to uh, work the cash register stuff. It was my first time having to work the cash register, but my uh, manager was, you know, more than helpful teaching me that. Um, we had mostly men's clothes in the store, but we had a small section uh, for women. Mm -hmm. So we got uh, customers from both genders. One day I was at work. Um, a manager was helping somebody and I was, you know, idly standing by arranging clothes, you know, just doing stuff to keep busy. And we got a little bell over the door and I heard the bell go. So I looked toward the door and this young lady walked in. Now, when I saw her, the first thing went in my mind is she got everything Uncle John needs. Everything. <laughs> the face, the body, and with me being young, I'm like, man, I, I'd like to get to know her, but you can't be overly aggressive at your job, especially sure. when you're dealing with the opposite sex. That's, you know, a big no-no. Of course, in any job, you shouldn't do that unless you're getting some kind of sign that the woman shows some type of interest. So I, you know, welcomed her to the store and actually she needed any help. And she said, no, I just want to browse around a little bit. I'm like, okay, take your time. So I'm standing there and I'm watching her and I'm looking at my manager, looking at her. And I went back to what I was doing and I walked over. I'm actually what I was doing was formulating my pickup line. <laughs> That's what I was doing. Mm -hmm. But I walked over to her when I felt like I had one that would work and just asked her, you know, did you find something that you liked? And she's like, you know, she had picked out a, a couple of shirts. She's like, do you have these in any other color? And I'm like, well, let me go in the back and look and see. And I went in the back and we had, I think, three more color uh, variations for that particular shirt and I brought them out. She chose two of them and then she picked out uh, a skirt and some pants. 
Like, okay, and I started making small talk to her, you know, asked her what her name was, where she's from, and I noticed that as soon as I started talking to her, she said, you're not from here, are you? And I was like, no, I'm from Nebraska. She's like, oh, I could tell by your accent that you're not from here. Now, that was a funny one of the funniest things I've ever heard, because if you've ever heard how somebody from Louisiana talks, <laughs> for them to say that they could pick up on your accent and you're from Nebraska, I found that rather rich indeed, because I don't I've never sounded it to myself like I had an accent being from the Midwest. But she said I had an accent. OK, that's fine. Man. So we chatted a little bit and I got a little bit braver in my flirting and I finally asked her when she came up to the register, you know, uh, if I could take her out for a date, you know, dinner in a movie, movies, walk in the park, you know, anything. And she agreed. I'm like, okay. So I grabbed my little uh, receipt booklet and I'm like, okay, let me get your, your telephone up. She said, I can't give you my telephone up. Now I had looked at her hands to find out, you know, to make sure she didn't have a wedding. And I'm like, okay, well, it's not in the realm possibility that makes she didn't have a, a home phone at that time. So I said, well, what's your address? She said, I can't give you my address. See, I kind of gave her that look like, okay, what in the, okay, you just said you go out on a date with me, but you're not giving me a way to contact you or I can come pick you up. I had also uh, purchased a car. Well, I hadn't bought it, but I had put money down. I had a 78 Monte Carlo. And it was uh, the color of a brand new copper penny with a white I really liked that car. I really liked that car. It had the, uh, the lure seats and everything. I, I really liked that car. And, but th that'll come into play later on. But I'm looking at her and she's like, well, I don't have a boyfriend and I'm not married. I'm like, yeah. My mother won't allow men or boys to come by the house to see me or to call the house. Okay. Now, I found that rather odd. But when you think about in the 80s, you did have what we consider strict parents. Mm -hmm. That's not going to allow anything like that to happen. Mm -hmm. She never made any mention of her father, just her mother. I said, okay, well, how are we going to make this happen? She said, well, there's a park a couple of blocks from my house. Just meet me there Friday at 7 o'clock. Okay. She gave me the name of the park, wrote it down. We signed a little more small talk. I walked her to the door, and when I opened the door for her to go out, she turned and looked at me. And from the angle of the sun, the way it hit her eyes, she had those kind of eyes that are like hazel green. Okay. And when the sun hit her eyes, I could actually see gold flecks in her eyes, but it almost looked like there was a gold circle around her pupil. Okay. Almost. Now, it could have been the reflection of the light, but I've never sure. seen eyes like that before in my life. Never. And the first thing that went to my mind was, man, she got some beautiful eyes. You know, what, what's going on here? But also, okay, you're about to take her out on a date, so if you play your cards right, maybe you'll be able to find out. Mm -hmm. Told her I would meet her Friday. Um, if anything happened, you know, you can reach me here at the, at the store. Or you can call me on my phone. Mm -hmm. I gave her a card in the brother's store and I had my number on the back up. And she left. I immediately, now, while I'm talking to her, my manager has finished with the customer she's working with. And she's standing on the side of the room. But she's looking at me and she just kind of got this little grin on her face like, 
uh-huh, you know, like, go get him, Tiger. You know, that kind of hook on her face. Okay, so as soon as uh, she left, I went over to my manager. I'm like, can you tell me where this park is at? And she looked at the name of it. She's like, yeah, I know where that is. I'm like, well, where is this? Like, oh, you got to go up into Metairie to get here. And I'm like, where's Metairie at? So she went behind the counter and got some paper out, and she drew me a map on how to mm-hmm. get there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I really appreciate that. She's like, you just let me know how things go when you come back to work. I'm like, I'm most certainly will. This was on a Wednesday when I met her. Fast forward to Friday, I got off work at 6 o'clock. And since I work at a clothing store, I just purchased me an outfit to wear on my date from the store. Got dressed in the storeroom and left from the store to go straight to the park. It's approximately, hmm, I'm going to say 18, 18, 22 miles away, straight down airline highway. And I left and went to the park. I got there about 655 maybe 658. As soon as I walked in the park, I seen there was a basketball game in progress and there were some guys sitting on the bleachers where there were, you know, quite a few people in the park, maybe 30 people at this time. But this park could only hold at max capacity, I see 100 people to where you could move around comfortably. But it was probably about 30 people in the park. Uh, I sat down, checked my watch, and like, okay, I'm here. And I'm looking around. I'm like, okay, she's not here. This guy walks up to me and says, hey, man, we got next. You want, you want, uh, you know, back then the slang term was you want to run with us. You, you want to play basketball the next game. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm not here to play basketball, man. I'm here to meet somebody. He's like, oh, yeah, who is that? Now, first of all, you just walked up out of the blue and started talking to me. And I told you, I'm not here to play basketball. I'm here to meet somebody. <laughs> I don't know this guy from Athens. I'm not about to put you that deep in my personal business. I just told him, hey, when she get here, if you know who she is, then you'll see who I was waiting on. He's like, oh, man, that's cool. That's cool. I'm like, okay. He said, my name is Herman, by the way. I said, my name is Stud. That's my nickname. So talking to him, he's like, where are you from, man? You don't sound like you're from Louisiana. And I'm like, again with this, you don't sound like you're from Louisiana. But I got used to it real quick. So while I'm talking with him, these five other guys walk over. Hey, man, what's going on? You want to play basketball with us? And I'm like, and I, I'm look, I kind of look down like I got on a button-up shirt, short sleeve, some dress slacks, and some sandals. I'm not even dressed to play basketball, but I guess people play basketball in those type of clothes down there. I, I don't know. But I'm like, no, I'm not here to play basketball. I told him the same thing I told her. I'm here to meet somebody. Of course, they all, well, who you supposed to be meeting, man? I'm like, when she get here, when you see her, you'll know who I'm going to meet. I know I don't know any of you guys. So we chit-chatted for a while. I spoke mostly with Herman. Um, he was asking me about Nebraska and, you know, where I was from. Um, at this time, I am five foot ten, ten and a half. I weigh 225 pounds. I can squat 500 pounds. And my bench press was 300 pounds. And I could run the 40-yard dash in 4.3 seconds. So I could pick them up and put them down and get out of town real quick. Mm -hmm. With the condition that I was in, I feared no confrontation with any human being, whether it be Weird Al Yankovic (laughs) or Andre the Giant. I got to get out of his reach until he ran out of wind and then I'm going to start chopping the tree down. But God forbid, I'm going to let him put his hands on. Will Al Yankovic? Well, I'm going to run through him. 
<laughs> okay. But I'm not going to say I was arrogant, I, but I was confident yeah. in my abilities to uh, deal with any physical confrontation that would have arisen at that time. Mm-hmm. So by this time, it's like 7.15, maybe 7.20. I'm like, okay, she's going to be faster to be late, I see. Mm-hmm. Where is she at? 7.20 comes. 7.25 comes. 7.30 comes. 7.35 hit. I started getting that sinking feeling. She's going to stand me up. She ain't going to show up. But I'm going to wait. I'll give her an hour. When she didn't show up by 7.59, I started making plans. Okay, what else are you going to do? First, you need to do is get back down into New Orleans. I'll just figure I'll go down in the French quarters and, you know, just have some fun and not waste the night. But I'm also a fisherman at this time, and I keep always keep a rod and reel in my truck because I never know when I'm going to pass a body of water that's begging for me to fish. But <laughs> I also keep a change of clothes in there in case I do run into a body of water. If I go fishing, I catch a fish. I don't want to get blood and slime on my good stuff. So, you know, I just had my outdoor stuff in the trunk. So I just went and I, well, I talked to him. I'm like, man, y'all still going to play basketball? They're like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So I went and got my clothes out of the truck and went in the restroom that's right there at the park, changed clothes, came out. The mother clothes in the trunk. Okay, I'm ready to play. Now, the thing about Louisiana, they have a lot of outdoor basketball courts. A lot of them also have this tin roof over the top of them so that because it rains so much in Louisiana. And you can stay in the park and play and not have to worry about getting wet. Okay, that works out great. But also on Fridays and Saturdays, they turn the lights on at right about 8 o'clock clock and they stay on on friday and saturday till midnight but monday through thursday they turn the lights off at 10 o'clock so we proceeded to play basketball and we played basketball for the next four hours so i'm up close in person with these guys talking to them we playing basketball got a real good look at all of them all of them come 12 o'clock the lights shut up and they got pitch black now they had a water fountain in the park but now, you drinking hot faucet water in the park. That's just, <laughs> it really doesn't quench your thirst. Sure. So I got done playing. I'm like, hey, where's the closest liquor store at, man? I want to go get some beer. They was like, well, man, we talking about going to the liquor store right now. Why don't you just come and go with us? Now, here's where my car comes into play. Because if I hadn't been so vain about my car, I could have avoided that whole encounter. But I wasn't willing to put them six sweaty guys in my car and ruin <laughs> my velour seats and stuff. And I hadn't had that car that long. I, no, that's not going to happen. That's, no. I'm like, okay, I'll just walk with y'all. I also had my gun in the trunk of my car. I had a 357 Magnum that I brought off the street before I left from the rack. I was told, of course, by the guy that sold it to me, this gun hasn't been used to commit a crime or anything like that. But, okay. You're going to say whatever you're going to say to sell the gun and I was only getting it for my personal protection. It's not like I'm going to go rob the bank or anything. So I really didn't care about that at the time. Sure. But I didn't get my gun because I didn't feel as if I needed it. I just didn't get that kind of vibe from the guys like they were planning on doing something to me. I, they just seemed like everyday average guy that's trying to get by just like me. We just saw playing basketball on a Friday night because we ain't got nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I'll go with you. I locked in my car got my keys and 
It's about 1235 when we exited out of the park. We walked down the street from the park approximately 50 feet. The railroad tracks cross the street. And if you go further down the block, you'll come back to Airline Highway. They turned and started walking down the railroad track. Now, I've never been out in that part of town before. I don't know where we're going. They just told me that the liquor store was closed. And I'm like, well, why are we? I did ask, why are we going down the tracks? Why are we just don't go on the street? They're like, well, this is a shortcut. If we go the long way around, we're not going to make it to the liquor store before they close. I'm like, oh, okay. Now, once you enter onto the railroad tracks off of the street, the sides drop away to where you're, you know how railroad tracks are. You're kind of up in the air. Sure. In some places. It wasn't just flat. The ground wasn't flat. It was kind of elevated. I'm going to say about three feet up in the air. Yeah, sure. Now, to your immediate, my immediate right, there's a field of thistles. And if you don't know what thistles are, they're a plant that starts out looking like a dandelion. And then they grow to... I don't know. I've seen them. Those ones I've seen in Louisiana were about seven, seven and a half feet. But they get these leaves on them with these needles. And I call them needles because if you ever get stuck by one, it feels like you got stuck with a hypodermic needle. They're they really sharp and they hurt. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at this big field of thistle. And when they, I'm sorry, when they're full grown, they get one single purple flower on the top. And I'm looking at this field of thistles and I'm like, man, that's a big ass field of thistles. Look like somebody. <laughs> planted them over there like that. So, I mean, they, they were growing wild, of course, but they were so thick. I'm like, man, I would hate to, you know, fall into them or have to run through them or anything like that. But there were houses and this thistle field ran approximately 150 yards, not feet, but yards. I mm-hmm. played football enough to know the length of a football field. And it was, they were, it was longer than a football field. But on the other side, you could see houses and some of them had the back porch light on where you could see the back of the house. Now, everyone, like, I think it was two or three. Mm-hmm. Immediately to my left, there's three buildings, and one is a salvage yard, a lumber yard, and a tire shop. Behind each building, almost directly in the center, there's one single street light. And there's space far enough apart that when you walk into the light, where you're direct, not directly under the light, but you're in the light from that street light, you exit out of that, and there's an area of gloom before you enter into the next circle of light. Mm-hmm. So you could be walking and come out of the light, and if somebody is more than five feet away from you, you can see the outline of them, but you can't see features clearly at all. That's all dark it was. Now, you can hear tra- traffic going up and down airline highway. You can hear the cars. But we're on a railroad track. So we're walking along. And just before we hit that first light, I'm sorry, let me back up. We're walking not in single file, but there's three guys in the front, two guys in the middle, and me and Herman were bringing up the rear. And we're spaced out, I guess, maybe two or three feet. But we're walking and we're crunching on these rocks. And Herman said, hey, uh, Stubb. I'm like, yeah, Herman. He's like, uh, what do you know about babies? I look, kind of looked at him like, that's an odd question. <laughs> but well, what do you mean, Herman? What do I know about babies? You know, they get hungry. You got to change them. You got to feed them, uh, love them. But what do you want to know? He's like, well, how often do you have to feed a, a newborn baby? And I'm like, uh, every two hours. He's like, every two hours. I'm like, yeah, man, you know, you're only going to give them about two to four ounces of, of, of milk or formula. So 
they're going to go through that. It's a baby. He's like, well, when they get sick, you know, what do you do? I'm like, depend on what's wrong with them. If they got a cold, you know, you take them to a doctor. If they got a thrush, you know, you got to get some stuff and put it on their tongue. He's like, what is that? I'm like, that come from when you don't keep the nipples clean on the bottles. It's a bacteria that builds up in it and it actually coat uh, a newborn's mouth. He was like, oh, wow, man, I didn't know nothing about that. He's like, well, do you, you know, how do you know when they're sick? I'm like, you take their temperature. And then I was like, well, why are you asking me all these questions about kids? He's like, oh, man, my, my girlfriend about to have our, our first baby either, you know, in the next two weeks, man, he said, and I, I'm scared to death. I, I I don't know nothing about this. And I said, okay. I said, okay. Calm down. Calm down. He's like, well, and I'm like, your life is about to change, no doubt. But there's nothing that you're not going to be able to deal with, man. You're just going to have to learn. So don't panic. Just do the best that you can do. That's all you can do. Just do the best you can do for your, your son or your daughter. He's like, man, but I just, I'm like, I know. I know. But I'm no expert. At this time, that didn't come till later when it comes to kids. But I did the best I could to kind of tell him or teach him in that short amount of time the things, the most important things that he have to do to be a good father, in my opinion. Now, as we're talking, I'm looking around and he's like, what, man, did you see something? I'm like, no, I'm just looking around. He's like, oh, well, there's a big black dog that lives in the junkyard. And every now and again, he get out. But if he do, he gonna run. He gonna run at you. But just pick up some rocks, you know, and and throw them at him and start hollering. And he'll he gonna keep barking at you. But usually he'll run, you know, back in the junkyard or he'll run away. I'm like, oh okay. So I'm trying not trying to get bit by no dog. Right. Yeah. So we exited out of the first street light. We're in the area of gloom, and I I was turning my head to the right to look again. And I was swinging it back to the left, and I seen something out of my peripheral come out of them thistles. I didn't get a good look because I didn't turn my head to look, but my first instinct was to run. And that's what I proceeded to do. Now, the other guys must have heard me running because they didn't even look back. They just started running. I guess it's kind of that funny commercial where you be running and Everybody else start running, and after you get about 20, 30 yards down the road, they'd be like, what you running from? <laughs> you know, that's when they worry about what you're running from, but I didn't get that far. I may have taken 10 steps, and Herman let out this. Mm. Okay. Mm. I'm sorry. I just, I can hear that. I can hear him no. in my head and he take your time. He said, don't leave me. But it was so much more than that in his voice. I heard <laughs> terror. There's no other way to describe it. It was just terror. And Depending on your mental makeup, some people will stop to see what's going on. To others, it just gives you more wings on your feet. But I, I stopped. I stopped. I'm, I'm, you know, and I turned around. I looked, and he's laying 
on his back, but he's propped up on his elbows. And he's got his head like he's looking up at the sky, but he's not looking at the sky. The first thing I thought when I seen this, because they're in the silhouette, they're just outside of that second light. I mean, just far enough where you can't see clearly what it is, but you can see a, sil a clear silhouette. And I'm like, it's that damn dog. So I bent down and I picked up two handfuls of rocks and I ran back five, six steps, and I got my arm cocked to throw, and I got my mouth open to holler, get out of here, you know. I don't want him to get mauled by a dog. That's all it was. I just didn't want him to get mauled by a dog. When I took those five or six steps, this thing looked up at me, and I seen pointed ears and just the outline of the head. And I stopped and I'm looking and I'm like, if that's a dog, that is a world record. That That's a world record. And as I, you know, I'm standing there looking and the thing looked at me for maybe two seconds and went right back to looking at Herman. But she had her face six to eight inches away from his, wasn't trying to bite him, wasn't growling wasn't doing anything, just looking him dead in his eyes. And I'm like, what is that? What, what, you know, colorful expression, what the sure. blank is that? What the blank is that? Now, the other guys have stopped running by now, but I guess they're about 20, 25 feet behind me. They stopped, they coming back. It's that dog, it's that dog. And they then. I'm hearing one guy say, what is that? Then I start hearing all of them saying, what is that? Okay, I'm not going to turn around and look at them because I'm trying to figure out what the hell I'm seeing in front of me. And I'm looking and I'm, you know, because of the lighting, once again, I could, all I knew, it was big. Mm -hmm. But when I really started looking at it, I seen shoulders. That's when I'm like, wait, that's not a dog. That's not a dog. That's not a dog. Mm -hmm. What the blank is that? I can't tell you exactly how much time passed, but I heard somebody say, don't shoot it. I didn't turn around and look to see who had a gun. I just because I'm standing directly in the middle of the tracks, and if whoever's going to shoot, God forbid, he's standing right behind me and going to try to wing a shot over my shoulder or right by me. I don't know where he was positioned at on the tracks, but when he said that, this thing took two steps and came into the light, not the whole body, but the first thing I saw was a five-digit hand that looked for all intents and purposes like a human hand, except for it had fur and three-inch claws on it. Mm -hmm. Now, the claws were not wickedly curved, but they were curved just enough so that if you were to take your hand and place it down flat on the table, your fingertips wouldn't touch the table because of the claws. They had that kind of curvature. 
Then I'm looking, and as it's coming forward, the eyes actually started to pick up the light and reflect the light. And the colors I seen were when you take a white full moon and that orange full moon, and you combine those colors perfectly to get that mix. I call it a dead yellow. Okay. It wasn't amber and it wasn't white, but it, I call it dead yellow. That's the best description I can give you. I can see the pupils and everything. The eyes were approximately the size of golf balls. But I know the distance between them, it's not a dog. So when I seen that and she came forward into the light, I'm like, that's a werewolf. Now I know what I'm looking at. I'm looking at a werewolf. And I'm getting ready to die. At that time, I urinated all over myself. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you did. I couldn't move. I'm standing here looking at this thing because when she came forward, now she's less than 10 feet away from me. She's approximately about, I'm going to say eight feet from me. So I got a real good look. Jet black, head approximately 24, 28 inches. Um, she did have a snout, but it wasn't extremely long. I guess the description of her her would be bulky, but not overly bulky because if I was compare what I saw to a known breed of dog, Alaskan Malamute would come to mind. Okay. I'm looking at this thing and now she's got her hindquarters directly over Herman's face. So if he was able, he would have been able to inform everybody what the genitalia was like. That's, that's where she was positioned over him. And he's not moving. He's not scrambling, trying to get away. He's not yelling and screaming. He's not doing anything. He just landed in the same position he had been. When she came into the light, the first thing she did was she, her head moved in one single motion, but the speed that she did it, she surveyed all of us with just a slight hiccup in her movement where she stopped at everybody and looked at them. And then she was looking back at me. I let the rocks that I had in my hand fall out of my hands, and I'm standing here <laughs> like, like I said, I was, I'm thinking I'm going to die. I mean, just the shoulders and her arms. Her arms had to be five feet. But I noticed that from the elbow to the wrist was longer than from the elbow to the shoulder. Okay. I could see the bands of muscles in her forearm and her bicep. And I'm like, I'm dead. I'm dead. And it's not going to be a painless death. I'm going to feel every bite, shred, rip. I'm going to feel everything. I don't remember, I don't recall my eyes, my life flashing before me or anything like that. I just, I had come to grips that I'm going to die. There's no way out of this situation. I got a werewolf less than 10 feet from me. This thing is monstrous. I mean, I got a fish, a 55-gallon fish tank. It's 48 inches. Her chest is about that wide, probably a little bit wider. Wow. Now, she's down on all fours. But when you look, when this 
this thing looked at me, it was more than an animal looking at me. There was some intelligence there. That I know for sure. That it did I raised pit bulls and had various different breeds of dogs. And my dogs, they just can't have that kind of look. Mm-hmm. This there was a, some something more than animal looking at me, and I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> All these things run through your head at bullet train speed. What are you going to do? You're going to die. What are you going to do? You're going to die. I'm trying to figure out a way out of this. And as fast as they come, I'm just carving them because <laughs> my perfect plan never came to me on how I'm going to get out of this situation. But I, I thought about it as fast as I humanly could, probably a little bit faster, but there's no way I'm going to get out of this. When she looked at the guy that had the pistol. She laid her ears back and she raised her lips. Just not opened her mouth. She just raised her lips like a dog will do when they they snarling. And that's when I got to see the teeth. We're talking about three inch canines. The closest description I could give you would be African lion mm-hmm. in size. But every other tooth that she had that I saw was not like the teeth that are in a dog's mouth. They were cutting teeth. Mm-hmm. Imagine a bear trap and the way those the teeth on a bear trap interlock when it's closed. That's how her teeth fit in, but they were all cutting teeth. And I'm like, oh, my God, a monster. This is a monster. It's a monster. I've always been told monsters don't exist except for in books or or movies in Hollywood. You don't have any physical or mental comparison you can make to what you're seeing at this time. Because your database doesn't have anything pre-programmed into it so that you can identify or match it up with other than a werewolf. So while she looked away from me, I had this idea. Now, the three buildings that I described earlier also had this that tall chain link fence with the three strands of barbed wire across the top. Yeah. But the middle building, I noticed that if I could scale that fence and get to the top, I'm going to get chewed up on that barbed wire. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll deal with that. But I can actually, actually access the rear of that building and run to the front of it and drop down and be right next to Airline Highway where hopefully I can flag down some hill. I move my feet. I must have shuffled them a little bit, but you know, we've got these rocks on a railroad track. So whenever you move your feet, you're going to get that little crunching noise. As soon as I did that, she immediately stopped looking at the dude and she looked right at me. And I stopped because I didn't hear a voice in my head and she didn't speak it, but I felt that the look that she gave me, she was letting me know, go ahead, run, try it. 
See how far you get. Go ahead and run. <laughs> so instead of running, I urinated on myself. Again. And my whole body just locked up because she growled. But it wasn't really loud. It wasn't like you no know, real loud growl. It was a low growl, but I felt it. I can't tell you if I felt it from my feet up to my head or from my head down to my feet, but I felt it in my chest. But you can't, I haven't heard another sound like that before in my life. Since I've tried, haven't been able to duplicate that or find anything where I could say, that's exactly what I heard. Yeah. And I'm looking at her and she's looking at me and the way that that it would just look at you and totally discount the other people. I just, well, I couldn't understand it then and I don't understand it now because that to me would indicate that she didn't think that any of us were a threat. I guess she focused on me so much because I was the closest one to her. But I never made a move to get on that, that fence at all. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit more of a description. Okay. Her coat was jet black. I mm-hmm. call it light devouring black because you can see it, but it's not, it just looked like somehow some of the light they absorb it or could could uh oh what's the word I'm looking for? I'll just stick with the light devouring black that but I mean for her to be in those thistles, where was the leaf debris? Where was the 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 the, the grass? Where was the broken thistle leaves? Nothing. That none of that was on her. It actually she looked like she had just came from the groomers and had got freshly brushed. I noticed that on her, she had a patch of what I thought was gray in the lighting, but it was more like a patchwork quilt design. It wasn't any certain design. It was like a splash here and a splash there. But you know that sometimes when you hold something up to the light, certain parts of that object will reflect the light differently than it will on the rest of that object. Like if you're holding a ball, you can see the a light over here reflecting off the ball. But if you look around that light, you're not seeing the same reflection. Okay. If you know what I mean. Okay. It's yeah. like, just, I was able to pick out that she had these little splashes of gray on. So I heard her breathing, I smelled her breath. And to me, her breath smelled like she had ate something and never brushed her teeth, ever. Sure. It wasn't a rancid, uh, rotten meat smell. It just smelled like... uh, a dog that never got his teeth brushed before or had, you know, a mint treat or anything. Now, her teeth were pearly white. 
I see any yellow or, or black or anything like that. But, you know, I didn't, I've been in, well, not recently, of course, but when I played football, I was in the locker room with some pretty big guys. And the muscles that she had would have put them to shame. Arnold Schwarzenegger, The Rock, Dave Batista, okay, take two or three of them and put them together, and you got the kind of muscle she had. Just ridiculous. And these guys are, you know, they still, what the F is that? What is that? What the F is that? And I'm, you know, I'm not saying anything because, well, I'm getting ready to die first, so... <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to say to God when I get there. Okay, God, um, I'm going to be coming to join you, but they're going to have me in a 33-gallon bag. It's going to be, I'm going to be in a whole bunch of pieces. When you're standing and you're looking at something and you're so sure that you die and you, the thought runs in your head, Batman ain't going to show up, Superman not going to be there, did my mind snap? Possibly a little bit. I, I feel something within myself snap. I know that. But to actually come to grips with you're about to die is a hell of a thing. Mm -hmm. Especially when you're going to get torn to shreds or possibly eat. I'm looking at this thing. It's looking at me. Then it looked again at them. Never paid Herman any more attention at all. Okay. Well, I'm not going to say, I can't tell you exactly how much longer this happened, but you know how when a dog has fleas, if your dog has fleas and they're sitting down and then they make that real quick movement to bite down at the base of their tail or on their haunches? Yeah. She made a move like that. Not the same move I just described. Just that real quick movement. But she jerked and looked to her right into the thistle field. And then she stood up. That's when I really got the full dimensions of what just how big she was. Now, I played basketball for a long time in my life. And I just spent four hours playing basketball that night. She topped out between nine and nine and a half feet. She could have dunked the basketball standing flat-footed with no effort at all and might have had some room to spare with them long-ass arms. So I know for a fact she was at least nine feet tall. I'm going to put her weight between four and 500 pounds. She had four. I saw four breasts. I didn't look any lower to see if she had any more. And they weren't the type of breasts that a nursing female canine would have. The type of breasts I saw would be the kind of breasts a woman that goes to the gym three, four days a week, but she's not working out to get buff. She's working out to be fit. Okay. She wants to be fit and trim. Mm -hmm. her fur would be 
two inches long. So I can see the six pack, how um, the wings on her side bowed out. I mean, in any other situation and from a great distance, I would have said that that was a beautiful creature what I was looking at. Sure. At that time, I'm looking at a very, very, very well-fit monster. Yeah. That's about to kill me. When she stood up, she looked immediately to her right. I took a chance and I looked to my left to see what she was looking at. And I saw six red lights in those thistles about 60 feet away. Now, what I saw was not animal eyes. They were lights. But imagine if you take the reflector off of a bicycle, that rear reflector, and you take a black magic marker and start in the center and just start coloring it in going outwards until you're about a quarter or eighth of an inch from the edge and you stop. That's the kind of red light I've seen. Just an outline of a red ring, but they were spaced apart about, I'm going to say, of an average human head, but there were six of them. But they were standing in a triangle formation. There was two in the front and two to the left and the right, but it was a tight triangle formation. And I wondered, what the hell is that? And then I looked back at her. She slightly flexed her hind legs and she jumped back into those thistles and came down 18 to 20 feet in them. And when she hit the ground, she hit the ground running straight toward those lights. Once I seen the way she was mowing those thistles down, it would have been absolutely pointless for me to try to run from her. She was going so fast, she laid them down and they popped back up without any damage. Mm hmm that I could see in the lighting condition. Now, I was black over there, but you could still see them thistles coming back up. I can't tell you how far into the thistle she ran. I just followed her until the thistle stopped coming up, and then I immediately ran to Herman, and the other guys came running up, too. I'm like, Herman, Herman, are you all right, man? Are you all right? Herman, are you all right? He's not responding. He's got this blank expression on his face. His mouth is open. And he's got a little drool coming out of the corner of his mouth. Oh, I bet. We got him up on his feet. And that's when we discovered he had evacuated both of his bowels. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, dude, what the hell? You know, what the hell? What's going on? And they're like, I'm like, man, come on. We got to get out of here. So I'm proceeding to walk back the way we came. And they're like, no, no, let's go down here. We got to go to the liquor store, man. We get down here. Spike called police. I'm like, but that thing, okay, my herd mentality kicked in. I'm not willing to go anywhere by myself right now. So I stayed yeah. with them. We had to go further down the tracks, exit past that third light to now we're in darkness. And then there's a shortcut that they've been taking, I guess, for years, everybody in the neighborhood, where they've actually pounded, wore the ground down to dirt, going through those thistles. But it's going at an angle, but you can see the lights on the back of the liquor store. So we walking through here, and I'm like, 
this is just doesn't seem like a very good idea. Why the hell did y'all, you know, this is what I'm saying to myself. I'm still scared shitless. Well, yeah. My French. I, I literally am. But I'm not willing to venture off by myself at all. Even in the condition I was in. No, absolutely not. So we come out of the thistles, make it to the back of the liquor store, go around to the front. I propped Herman up on this little ledge that's right outside the, the big pane window, glass window right there. And I got my hand in his chest and I'm listening to the other guys that went inside. It was Diamond, a little bit, and um, Shorty Mac went inside. And they get in there and they're like, oh my God, you know, the clerk is standing there, he's looking and they, everybody's talking at once. Man, can you call the police? Can you call somebody? We just seen the monster. We just seen the monster. And he's standing there looking at each one of them like, of course, what the hell is going on here? What's wrong with you, dude? Everybody else is outside. So I uh, took my hand off of Herman's chest because I had to hold him up against. He's still not responding. We had to basically drag him down the railroad tracks and through the deals. Every now and again, he would put a foot down to kind of help him. For the most part, you know, we kind of drag him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I got his arm around my shoulder and another guy's on the other side. And the clerk is looking at him like, okay, y'all, y'all playing some kind of game. This is a joke. I don't know if y'all going to rob me or whatever. But it, basically, he, I heard him clearly say, make your purchases. Come up here so I can ring you up so I can go. Now, I didn't realize it's like 12.53 by the time we got to the liquor store. And they closed at 1 o'clock. So they're like, no, man, please, can you call the police? Can you call the police? Finally. He got fed up and he started in a real messed up way. Either buy something or get out, basically. So I was going to try to go into the store and reason with him. Be like, look, dude, if you don't believe me, I done peed on myself. Right. If you don't believe what they're saying, I look, I done peed on myself. My shoes is wet. But when I got ready to open the door and go inside, Diamond said, what the hell is this white stuff in, in your hair, Herman? I can't get this stuff out of your hair. Now, the rocks we were walking on at the time were white, and they would give that white chalk to dust. I really didn't uh, pay any attention to that because I'm figuring, let me go in here and get this dude to call the police or hell. Just let me use the phone. I'll call him myself. Right. He told you know, he told him, okay, I'm not going to buy nothing. Go ahead and go because I'm about to lock up. Shorty Mac was the last one to come out the store and he stood in the door and he said to the man, is that your car parked in the back of the building? The dude said, yeah. And he's like, can you at least move your car up here in the front of the building before you leave, man? Because there's a monster out there in them damn thistles, dude. And we ain't trying to, I don't want you to get get, got. And the man said, yeah, right, whatever. Bye. And he walked over to the door and closed it and locked it. And I'm standing here on the other side door looking at him like, "Uh, can I use the phone? He didn't respond. He just turned and walked, you know, back around the counter. And I guess he was going to cash out or, you know, finish up for the night. Mm-hmm. So I walk over to Herman and I'm looking to see, you know, I'm like, Diamond, what are you talking about this white stuff in his head? He said, man, look at this white stuff right here. I can't get it out. So I, I brushed at his head and stuff like, man, this is just some that stuff off the railroad track. That's what I'm thinking. But I even took my finger and licked it. And wiped it off. None of it came out. So I kind of tilted his head down a little bit. He's got 
a white patch in his head that I know for a fact wasn't there four and a half hours ago, almost five hours now. I know that for a fact. I done sat next to this dude, played basketball with him. His head was completely black. Wow. I looked at Diamond. He looked at me. I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll figure this out later on. We got to go, man. We got to go. So now we got to take the long way back around to the basketball course so I can get to my car, which took us almost 45 minutes because, once again, Herman's not helping. We're listening to any sound that sounds that doesn't sound like a car passing, a door being closed, anything that we could readily identify. We jump and we look, and what the hell is that? What the hell is that? And I'm like, man, I can't wait to get back to my car. I can't believe I seen a monster. I seen a monster. I seen a fucking monster. Excuse my French. <laughs> and this is just playing over and over in my head now. Everybody's talking at once. Did you see that thing? What was that thing? Did you see that? I, yeah. Yeah, I seen that, man. I was the closest one. What did it do to Herman? I don't know what it did to Herman. Well, y'all come on. So we get back to the park. We go cut through the park and walk across the street and Herman's house is right across the street. Now I'm going to back up just a tad to tell you the history of Herman. All the names these guys gave me that night was not their names you're going to find on their birth certificate. This is their street names, sure. including Herman. That's not even his real name. I asked him, why do they call you Herman? And he said, one of the guys said, we call him Hermit because he got a, his head is big like that Herman the Monster on the Monster Show. So that's why we call him Herm. I got a good little giggle out of that. But at that time, it wasn't funny. But this happened earlier in the night, of course. I just yeah. wanted to let you know that. I don't know any of these guys from Adam. Mm -hmm. I met them that night because I got stood up, I believe. Yeah. We get to Herman's house. They went up on the porch. Somebody's ringing the doorbell and somebody else is knocking on the door. Now, it's close to 2 a.m. in the morning now. Her, I got Herman sitting on the porch and I got him bracing him again because he's still not responding. He hasn't said a word. You can't even get it. If you call him, you can't even get him to look at you. And I, I even gave him a couple of light smacks on his face. At least I'm hoping they were light. But they could have been harder based upon my state at the time. Herman's mother comes to the door. She's got her night clothes on and she's not happy that she's been uh, woke up like that. Sure. Who the hell is beating on my door like the police? She said. I don't know this woman. She don't know me. She come out. She opened the door. She's looking and they like, I can't remember what that woman's name is right now. I have to actually go into my journal and I should have actually put that brought that out so I could uh tell you that. But everybody's talking at once. We just seen a monster. We just seen a monster. We just seen a monster. Something wrong with Herman. She's like, wait, what you mean something wrong with Herman? What's wrong with my baby? I didn't say anything. I'm just looking at it. And of course I got my hand on his chest. So she comes out and she's like, you know, she grabbed me by her shoulder. She's like Herman, Herman, she was trying to pull him up, but that wasn't going to happen because unless you support him, he's not going to stand up on his own. She's like, what's wrong with you? And she grabbed his face in his hand. She's like, baby, baby, I'm talking to you. Herman, what's wrong with you? 
Herman didn't respond. She's like, oh, Lord, what y'all done done to my son? Don't nobody leave. I'm calling the police. As soon as she said that, I took my hand off Herman's chest. I linked him back against the rail and took my hand off his chest. I turned and exited from her yard, and I hauled ass up the street to my car. There were some people sitting on the porch a couple of houses up from her, and I heard a lady say, I wonder what the hell he's running from. Because I was getting it. I ran straight to the trunk of my car and opened it. And yes, in front of God and everybody else, I peeled them wet shorts and underwear off of me and put on the shorts that I had on earlier and jumped in my car. When I left from the curb, my back wheels were spinning. I busted a U-turn in the street. I headed straight back to an airline highway. I did not even stop for the stop sign. I almost hit a car and I almost got hit when I just plowed out into airline highway. I drove straight home, ran in the house. I'm sorry, I grabbed my gun out of the trunk too. I had that on the seat next to me. I ran into my, my house, well, apartment, took and moved the couch in front of the door, went in the kitchen, unplugged the refrigerator and drug that in the front room and put that in front of the couch and plugged it back in. I'm like, if that thing come for me, at least hopefully I can slow it down enough where I can get off a few shots. Mm-hmm. I went in the closet, got my bullets down and my speed loaded. I loaded all three of them, loaded my gun. I got went in the, back in the kitchen, grabbed my fifth of Jack Daniels green label down, a glass, no ice, and I poured me a couple of fingers and drunk that, just trying to calm my nerves, and then the replay started. Now, I started my journal when I was 10, because after watching my grandparents pass away, I know when you reach a certain age, your mind doesn't retain a lot of the stuff that it did when you were younger. Right. So... I started writing my journal for when I ever get to that stage. If I develop Alzheimer's or something like dementia, then I can, one of my kids can give me my journal and let me read something. Hopefully that will trigger me something in it to bring me back. Sure. I'm writing in my journal and yes, there's every other word probably was a curse word. I'm not going to lie. My (laughs) hand is shaking. Thank God I didn't order a pizza or anything that night because while I may not have shot the delivery driver when he <laughs> knocked on the door, I'm pretty sure I would have put six bullets around the frame real close enough to give him real reason for concern. Yeah, yeah. But when you spend your whole life being told that monsters don't exist and not ever seeing one, you believe that wholeheartedly until you see one. Now you have to reprogram your mind to monsters do really exist. I saw one. I smelled one. I heard one. What the hell did she do to Herman? I have no idea. Maybe his mind shut down to protect itself. Or maybe his mind snapped. Mm -hmm. I found out later on that he had a whole lot of issues behind his encounter that actually caused him to die. Okay. But that is a a story for another day because honestly, I really don't feel like crying tonight. 
Sure. And whenever I talk about that before the night is over, yes, it, it brings me to tears because nobody should have to live their life like that or the rest of their life like that. Mm-hmm. And that poor guy, I can only imagine the the rest of his life for those next seven and a half years. I can I can only imagine that. And I would wish that upon no one. Sure. No one. Because a human being shouldn't have to live like that. And especially when you're trying to raise a child. But there's one thing that I left out. And this is why, in my mind, unless somebody can prove to me 100% that it wasn't, that it was a werewolf that I saw, because I'm not 100% sure, Ashley and Pat. I'm not, but I am in the high 90s. When she stood up and she turned her head to the right to look at them thistles, I could swear she had a gold hoop earring in her ear. And that definitely makes your encounter a lot different than a lot of other people. The flash of light that it caught was that that yellow gold flash. Yeah. Wow. With the the mystique and the, the tradition and the history of Louisiana, as I found out later on, you can talk to people about Werewolves, Rougarou, vampires, demons, ghosts, voodoo. Voodoo was a practiced religion in Louisiana at that time. I mean, practice. And a lot of people would tell you, be careful who you cross down here or they're going to put roots on you. And I'm like, I don't care about nobody putting no tree roots on me. What the hell are you talking about? Like, no, 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 man, you don't understand. He's like, you don't know about roots. I'm like, no, what did the other than the they, they a tree has them? What are you talking about? Roots is when somebody put a spell on you or a curse mm-hmm. using voodoo. Okay, like, oh, okay, now I understand that. So, the rest of that night, I know I didn't go to sleep, I basically passed out because I drunk almost that whole fifth of Jack that. My, every time I would close my eyes, I'm surprised I didn't shoot myself in the foot because I know I had my gun in my hand and, you know, you feel yourself drifting off and then you snap awake like, nope, 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 what was that? Or you you think you hear a sound? Yeah, I was on high alert. I didn't even get in the shower until the next morning. I sat there in them tennis shoes and them clothes every time. Why do you think I, I, I just uh... couldn't... I, Go ahead. There was no way I was going to put myself in a position that I would be vulnerable even though I was at home. Sure. Sure. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, why do you think you, you left, Roy? I mean, when they when they were finally going to get the, the police involved. Oh, no. You were, can you hear me? You were going to ask me, why do I think? No. <laughs> no, the, the, the police. Because you know, when... I bought that gun off the street in Nebraska. Oh, well, that's, that's true. Based upon... His based upon Hermes, based upon the fact that we didn't know what Herman, you know, when the police showed up, and my limited knowledge at the time, 
they're going to examine him. Okay, first they're going to examine to find out if he's been struck, if he's been hit or cut or beat up or anything like that. And then they're going to start doing the alcohol and the drug thing. Right. Now, with me being there, these dudes don't know me. I don't know them. They could have easily have said, well, we want to search your car to make sure you don't have any narcotics on you or hallucinogenics. Mm-hmm. They get that gun, and I find out that this dude used it to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Nine-tenths of the law is possession. I'm in possession of this firearm at the time. I'm not trying to go to jail in Louisiana or anywhere else. Yeah. So I got my ass out of here. Sure. That was the reason that I left. Okay, that makes sense. I did what I thought I was supposed to do. I didn't keep running when that thing came on the track. Yeah. I, I got him back home. I thought I had did what I was supposed to do. That's fair. That's fair. So Saturday comes and goes. Sunday comes and goes. I called in to work Monday because I wasn't ready to leave the house yet. Mm-hmm. I showed up at work Tuesday and... I hadn't been there maybe 30 minutes, and my boss was like, Roy, you okay? I'm like, no, I'm not. She's like, what's the matter? So I don't want to talk about it. But she's paying attention to me. Every time that uh, bell would ding, I'm looking, I jump, and I look at the door to see who's coming in. If I hear a noise coming from the back storeroom, I'm jumping, and I'll go to the door and peek back there. So after about two hours, she was like, Roy, are you all right? And I told her once again, no, I'm not. She's like, well, you can talk to me. I know you don't have the family now, but you can talk to me. She said, what happened? Did the day go bad or something? I'm like, wasn't no damn day. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, there was no day. She's like, she stood you up. I'm like, uh, I'm not sure. Now, at this time, to the best of my knowledge, the only other person that knows that I'm going to be at that park at that time is the girl that I asked out on the date. Mm-hmm. Other than my supervisor. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, she just, she kept at me and she kept at me. Not like she was like harassing me or anything like that, but she was like, you know, I can tell something's wrong where you can talk to me. And I'm like, no, nah, because I'm not like, you know, I came in here Friday as this normal, regular guy, just an employee. And yet now this psychopath done showed up Tuesday and I'm not about to open my mouth and confirm that by telling you what happened to me because I don't know you. Yeah. But she kept at me and kept at me. Finally, I'm like, okay, you want to know what happened? I'm going to tell you what happened. She was standing behind the counter by the register. I'm standing on the other side of the counter. She had one hand on the side of her face propped up on her elbow, and she just listened to me. She never interrupted me or asked me a question, and I told her everything that happened. Now, what I expected her reaction to be was not the reaction that I got. She looked at me and said, oh, you seen a Rougarou. Like, just a matter of fact stuff. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at her like, no, she said Lugaru. That's what she said. Yeah. And I'm like, did you not hear what I just said? She's like, yeah, I said, I'm not talking about no dude named Lou. I'm talking about a monster. <laughs> she said, no, Luke Guru is what they call werewolves here in Louisiana. Yeah. I'm like, well, how do you kill them? 
She said, well, you have to get some oil, some rock salt, and some fire. And I'm like, and do what with it? She said, well, you take the rock salt and you throw it on them, and they're supposed to be highly allergic to rock salt. Then you throw the oil on them, and then you got to light them on fire. And I'm like, oh, hell no, that's not going to work for me. And she said, why? I'm like, with just with my luck, once I get the rock salt on the thing and it's irritated about that and get the oil on it, when I like the match to go and set her on fire, the wind going to blow the damn match out. And I'm really going to be screwed. So that's not going to work for me at all. She said, well, that's what my uh, grand mirror told me. I'm like, is there any other way? She's like, um, you can try shooting him, I guess, but you got silver bullet. I'm like, no. She's like, mm. but actually, she never sounded surprised. Yeah. She yeah. didn't act surprised. She didn't act like she was trying to make fun of me, and she didn't act like she didn't not believe me. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, <laughs> is this commonplace in Louisiana that people see these things? I mean, I'm thinking this to myself. You know, have she ever seen one? Because I'm here to tell you right now, 90% of the other places that I work, if I had to tell my boss that, they would either call somebody to come in and fit me for that white jacket with the extra long sleeves. Sure. Or I would have lost my job as soon as I started talking. Sure. She didn't fire me. She just told me, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I'm like, how is it going to be okay? I don't know if this thing going to come looking for me. It got my scent, but I'm starting to put the pieces together and I'm like, it had to be that chick. It had to be her. Who would nobody else knew I was going to be there? Mm -hmm. And why did it look at me and I know I'm looking at more than an animal? Mm -hmm. Will I ever get these answers now? No. Well, I mean, unless somebody is going (laughs) to miraculously show up after all these years and be like, Roy, I got the answers to them questions that you <laughs> Sure. I won't even ask them how they got. I'll just give me my answers and I'm good. Sure. But that's why I say until somebody can prove to me 100% that it wasn't her, that's who it was. Now, since I've shared my encounter before, I've had a lot of questions posed to me. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, I was speaking with uh, Ryan yeah. And he said, have you ever considered that it could have been your boss? I'm like, no way. Why would I think it would be her? Like, she was the only other person that knew where you were supposed to be and what time you were supposed to be there. That's a good point. I had never even looked at it from that. It was yeah. always the girl that came in the store. Yeah. Always. But now you want to say this and swing another door? Yeah. Because you want to swing another door? door open and she drew a map on for me how to get to that part You're now right. do I know for a fact that it was her because upon reflection if it was my boss that was this thing she had multiple opportunities to get uh, she always put me on a schedule with her okay. I never worked with my other co-workers the only time I seen them was during a shift time. but she always had me on the schedule with her does that mean something? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But to know that this thing is out there and I've also been asked, well, why didn't you go back and check on Herman? For what? 
I did my part. Now, there are some people that have what I call that it factor. They can see a Bigfoot, Dogman, Werewolf, Rake, Gugly, whatever, and want to go back out and do more research on it. Mm-hmm. My grandmother told me, you find yourself in that situation and you get away, don't take your fool ass back. I don't feel like I owed Hermie anything other than what I gave him that night. Plus the fear of me going back into that area, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I tried three different occasions and I never made it two miles from my house in that direction to go and check on him. Nothing was ever on the news, never heard anything on the radio. I never saw those guys again or heard from them. I was okay with that because I know everybody was alive after we saw this thing. Sure. When I left, everybody was alive. I did my part. I'm not a hero. I'm not a thrill seeker. This happened to me <laughs> because I wouldn't let them get in my car and just drive to the yeah yeah is that the way god let me know you being too vain about a vehicle i don't know should i have done it up on reflection hell yeah i could clean my car <laughs> i don't never be able to get another me yeah but the nightmares the constant replaying i actually for the next three years when it started getting dark i'm not going outside mm-hmm. no way yeah. I'm in the house, barricaded in with my best friend Jack. I actually discovered that I was becoming an alcoholic because not only did I want to have something to drink to pass out, I started thinking about having a drink on the way to work while I was at work, while I'm on my way home from work. So I had to get a grip on that because there are no answers in the bottom of the bottle. Yeah. I started doing research going to the library. I'm, but what books did they have out in the 80s that would tell you what you need to know about a werewolf or a loop guru that wasn't either a fable, some science fiction, or there were no hand guides for that. But mm-hmm. there are plenty of books on witchcraft and demonology. Mm-hmm. So that's what my research was based on. Mm-hmm. But I'm just trying to figure out a safe way to kill this thing or to make it never, ever Make his presence known to me. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people like the exciting part about an account. They want to hear what happened. What did you see? What did the thing do? What did it smell like? I didn't smell any uh, wet dog or urine smell or anything like that. Louisiana itself has a smell when you get there of rotting vegetation all the time because of how much it rains. Mm-hmm. I smelled that, but I didn't smell any of the other uh, key smells that other people had encountered say they smelled a wet dog or this rotten meat smell i didn't smell any of that sure but your mind can be your worst enemy it it can really put you in that rabbit hole and you have if you can't find it within yourself to get back out of it you're never going to get back out of it Mm -hmm. and i actually had to learn how to meditate to regain my balance so that I could start going out uh, in the, at night and stay out till nine o'clock. Now, pushing 930, that's pushing it. I'll stay out till nine o'clock and then and I got to be in my car on my way home. But 
It took me years to deal with that. Yeah. Until last year, I got a lamp that never went off. The only time that lamp went off was when the light bulb blew. Mm -hmm. Because if something come in this house, I want to be able to clearly see what I'm about to shoot. Sure. Sure. Somebody helped me with that. And I'm gradually getting to the point where I can turn it off now for four nights out of the week up to five nights, but a couple of nights a week, that lamp still stays on. Yeah. But mostly it happens when I talk about my account. If uh, quite a bit of time passes between me talking about it, I can get brave enough to turn out that off. I mean, your encounter stays with you for the rest of your life. It's like it's branded into your brain. There's no, I mean, if I close my eyes right now, I can see her looking at me as if it happened last night or earlier tonight. Sure. What they are, I can't tell you. Are they real? Most definitely. You have to get to a point in your life and your I call it the don't give a F mode where Mm -hmm. now I can talk about it I don't care if you make fun of me. I don't care if you think I'm crazy. And I'm not speaking you personally or you, uh, Ashley and Pat. I'm not speaking about you. I'm speaking in general. I don't give a damn if people believe me or not. I know what I saw. I know what I experienced. If any one of those guys hears this encounter, whether it be on your podcast or Mm -hmm. the other ones that I've uh, shared it with, all I ask is that they contact me. I don't need validation. I don't need you to back up my story. It probably will help some other people if one of these witnesses do it. But I know what I saw. I know what I smelled. I know what I encountered. I know you have a yes, Facebook ma'am. group. Do you want to share that group? So maybe that way, if um, if maybe one of the guys does listen to this, because maybe they're like you and maybe they have kind of taken this on and researching it. Um, do you want to share where they can contact you at? They can contact me on Facebook. Always, whenever I share my account, I always tell me, if you hear this and you're looking for me, you know my name is Roy Stubblefield, go on Facebook, look for the dog man picture. That's my profile picture. Okay. Okay. I hope. But it's I, a I, sketch. Okay. It's not a picture. It's a sketch. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that isn't what I seen. Okay. Of course, I do have some sketches of what I see and I I also have a a gentleman that's working on recreating the whole scene as it was that night. Mm -hmm. I've been waiting on it for quite a while, but I guess it's something with artists that they look at it and it's never going to be good enough. And I'm like, it's got to be good enough, man. Let me see it. No, I'm not ready for you to see it. So (laughs) once he gives it to me, I'm definitely going to post it in my group and on my uh, Facebook page. Um, So everyone will be able to see what I did, Mm -hmm. uh, where I was at, I'm sorry, that night. And I've listened to so many other people's encounters and I'm like some of them have been terrifying of course and some of them have been just like I call a look-see where this thing comes out look and see you, you look and see it and that's it or it's going across the road or picking up something from the road but 
there's there's something to these things and I don't know what it is. Sure. I'd like to find out one day exactly what they are. I got my theories and listened to quite a few others, but when it comes to werewolves, basically the only thing I've been able to find out by talking to some Native Americans yeah. and some other people is that um, the Lugarus actually came over with the French colonists and either one or several of them were loop gurus and mm -hmm. <laughs> that's how they got to Louisiana. You can easily find at that time in 81, I could find two or three people in any restaurant, street corner, grocery store that are happily talk to you about loop gurus. Like it's just part of their history. Mm -hmm. So I got a lot of different bits of information from listening to people or Sometime I'll be ear hustling and, and hear something and I'll be like, um, excuse me, I don't mean to be rude, but did I just hear you say loop guru? What what is that? <laughs> you know, I always played ignorant and they start talking about it and then they'd be like, Well, why are you interested? And I'm like, Oh, I'm writing the paper for school. Yeah. And I'm mm -hmm. just trying to gather information. That's all. Never am I gonna sit and say, Well, I seen one and this is what it looked like, or I saw a werewolf. Mm -hmm. Not gonna have people thinking I'm crazy. I'm trying to figure out if I'm crazy myself, but poor Herman. <sighs> yeah. This world is not as big as everybody thinks it is. Um, so you had said that when you guys encountered the, uh, the monster, like along the train tracks, that it kind of stopped okay. its attack because it saw lights off in the distance what do you think those lights were? Well, for a long time, I pondered. And believe it or not, in 2010, I returned to Nebraska to care for my father. He was uh, dying. I told him about my encounter. I've never told my mother and only one of my other siblings about what happened to me. And my father told me those sound like night vision goggles that the military used to wear. Huh. That's interesting. And I looked at him and I'm like, so you think it was people in the them thistles, father? You know, dad, I mean, father, father, dad, you think them was people? And he was like, well, I wasn't there. I didn't see what you seen, but based upon the description you gave me, the military had night vision goggles of the that look like that. Now, do I know that to be a fact, Pat? No, I don't, but when you're grasping at straws, sometimes you latch on to one because that makes the most sense. Now, a lot of people have said that she had babies in the thistles and that she was protecting them. Okay. If in fact that was the case, all she had to do was sit pat for two minutes and let us walk by. <laughs> all she had to do was stay where she was at and let us walk by. We would have never known she was there and her babies would have been fine. We weren't out hunting 
werewolves or dogmen. We going to go get some cold Miller Lite. I'm sorry, not Miller Lite, but Miller Genuine Draft. That's what we going to the liquor store to get. We're not worried about no monsters being on the railroad track. And upon seeing her, our first thing we was going to do was run. So if she had to just stood up and expose herself, that would have gave us <laughs> all we needed to get the hell out of town real fast. But for her to actually jump on those tracks, I don't know if Herman tripped or if she tripped him. It happened so fast. And then he yelled out. And yet when I turned around and looked, I think if her intent had to be to kill him, he would have been dead. She right. could have easily have ran all of us down and killed this one at a time, and there wouldn't have been anything we would have been able to do about it. Right. Which That's kinda... why when I think about everything that happened, it leads me back to that woman that came into the store. Somebody actually said to me, maybe she wasn't planning on killing you. Maybe she was planning on changing you and making you part of the pack. I'm like, why? He said, think about it, Roy. You're in perfect, you're in prime physical condition. You weren't smoking cigarettes, you weren't using drugs, you had a drink every now and again, but you in peak physical condition at your age. You would have been an asset to the pack because once you change, all of your natural attributes are going to be enhanced. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay. Um, don't bite me and change me against my will. Give me a choice. Well, give me a choice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But it's just so many conversations I've had behind the scenes where people have been asking me stuff or pointing out different things. Why he chose to say that, I have no idea. It's a good question. Well, I want to say mystery, but yet it's not a mystery because I know what happened. I just, I have. Out of a 500-piece puzzle, I got 497 pieces. Mm -hmm. I just need them last three to complete the puzzle. And my, for me, for my own edification, that's all I need is them last three pieces and my puzzle will be complete. Sure. But until somebody can tell me <laughs> that that wasn't her and prove give me hard evidence to show me because also, the moon was not full that night. That was not the night of the full moon. So after I heard an encounter on Vic Cundiff's show about yeah. this guy's uh, uncles actually used to hunt these things that were causing trouble on people's property. And the boy asked his uncle, how do you know they're around? And he said to walk the property and look for different kind of signs. He said, but if you find a pile of clothes in the woods that's folded up, laid across a rock or a branch, not no brand new clothes, the kind of stuff you get from the Goodwill, running pants or a t-shirt or something like that. He said, then you know you got to deal with the world. And they actually loaded their shotgun shells with dimes along with powder and pellet. Throughout history, silver has supposed to have been the bane of werewolves. And you load dimes in shotgun shell. So I don't know if that will be what you need to kill one, but I know fire is supposed to work. So sure. I prepare myself with a bucket of gas 
yeah. some rock salt and a flare gun. You come mm -hmm. in this apartment, I'm pouring that gas on the floor. As soon as you step in it, I'm setting it on fire. <laughs> yeah. And I'm gonna throw that rock salt on you. Yeah. Your mind, like I said, could be your worst enemy. But when you're living in daily terror on high alert all the time, yeah. you just you have to find a way to pull yourself up out of that because if you don't, you will go crazy. You will. And how do you help somebody that's seen what I've seen? How do you help bring them back? Is it through hypnosis? Is it through medication? Well, what's going to bring you back? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to go there. I just am glad that my mind held firm for the most part through all of these years. And I know I'm not crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But well, that is, that's my encounter. It's just sad that a lot of people don't really care to hear about what that the, the person goes through after they have that time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I definitely want to appreciate you coming on and, and sharing. And I know that, you know, people, I, I think that people don't really understand the scope until, you know, they hear it straight from, I mean, you can read about it in a book. You can read about it, you know, on someone's, you know, blog post somewhere, you know, I, I think that people hearing these things coming from real, ordinary, everyday people is very important and opening up the eyes of other people who haven't, you know, have been lucky enough to not have these encounters. So, um, you know, we, we definitely appreciate having you. Um, I don't think I have any questions. I mean, we've, we've talked quite a bit about it. Pat, do you have anything you want to add before we... No, thanks for coming on. I this was awesome. Um, I, for the record, one hundred percent believe you. Um, just because of your reaction to it, I guess you know that's what kind of sells me is that you respond. I mean, not that you came on here to Thank get to, to get you know one our verification or something, but sure. um, you know, just kind of I guess speaking more to the audience than um, Roy. But I, I think that this is this is what it sounds like if you actually come face to face with this shit and this is something that we've talked about on the show before but mm -hmm. it is kind of traumatic and yeah. it does in fact leave you afraid of the dark <laughs> you yeah. know which is that that's you know that's fucking math dude that's the yeah. way it works out and uh you know i i think that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and hypothesize a bunch of different stuff of whether or not it was you know the the werewolf was this person or was it that person sure. or was it the military in the woods or was it whatever but um you know i think that's the hallmark of any kind of realistic encounter is that it's not all going to be wrapped up in a tight bow and there are dangling plot threads and and you know stuff that's left open to interpretation mm -hmm. but um yeah thanks for sharing dude i appreciate it yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. But uh, with that said, guys, I'm going to go ahead and uh, we'll we'll stop we'll stop the show there. Um, good luck sleeping tonight. I don't have Jack Daniels, but I do have rum. And that works too. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we will see you guys back here next Wednesday.